have all of you in the house of the Lord. Well, let's make our confession. The word of God. Oh, this is not, let's make our uh, new confession. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck on old. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Can we say amen? Let's give the Lord a hand. You can all be seated. Good to have you in the house of the Lord. And I was praying last night, and I said, God, I watch every once in a while, I'll see Joel Osteen on, on the, the video, or on the TV, and he'll always ha start with a funny joke, and I've always liked to do that. And, uh, and I thought, where's he get all those funny jokes? I really love them. I'm going to try to find his source sometime. I don't want to use his material, but I want his source. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many of you realize a, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine? Let's all say, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. When you laugh, you release the endorphins, and everything is just better. You may be facing the same situations and circumstances, but you'll face them differently if you have joy in your heart. And, and so I, di I did hear this one one time, and, and uh, I, I didn't know how funny it was, but it was cute. I thought it was really cute. But this old boy had had some heart problems, and uh, he went into uh, this Catholic hospital, and uh, they took care of them. They got them all fixed up, and everything was great. The nuns were just absolutely wonderful. And when it came uh, time to finish up, well, the, one of the nuns came to him and said, Now, what kind of insurance do you have, or what kind of assets do you have that you can pay your bill? We have a rather significant bill here. And he said, Well, I don't really have any money. And I said, Well, what kind of insurance do you have? He said, I really don't have any insurance. So, well, do you have a, a relative or somebody that maybe could help you? And he said, no. He said, well, that's not true. I have a really old spinster nun. And uh, that, uh, that, that, you know, she's rather old. And, and the lady, the nun, became very indignant and said, uh, we are not spinsters. We are not spinsters. We are married to God. He said, well, in that case... Send that bill to my brother-in-law. <laughs> You'll get it in a minute. You'll get it in a minute. Let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 5. And we're going to be reading there. The message today, we're gonna, Wednesday we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving in detail and, talk, and ha having testimonies. But we're going to talk today, the word of the Lord is that hope overcomes disappointment. And that there isn't a single one of us every day, perhaps, that cannot encounter something that disappoints you. Disappointment is, is just meaning that something didn't go the way that you had hoped it would. It didn't even go the way we know God wanted it to go, but it went away. And uh, take, for example, Morgan's uh, cousin. Morgan's cousin in Michigan town, her husband after church, it was last Sunday, wasn't it? Last Sunday, uh, left to go play basketball and uh, somewhere and was involved in a car crash and he died instantly. And he was a young man with a young wife and four children. And one moment he's alive on this earth and the next moment he's alive in heaven and a tremendous disappointment. 
tremendous tragedy with the family. No matter how serious the disappointment is, you still have to focus upon the Lord. You have to move on with your life. Is there a time of grieving and a time of mourning? Certainly. But for most of us, we aren't going to face something that disappointing. Let's pray for that family. Father, we pray for Morgan's family and for her cousin, for the four children. And Lord, only you know what they're going through at a time of grief like this. And I pray for the peace of God, your peace to be there, that the peace that truly surpasses understanding and, and knowing that their loved one is alive and well in heaven, that they'll see him again and being able to put their life back together to move on, that you'll be there to supply every need that they have and to comfort those. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Uh, before we go any further, I want to make a statement. I said last Sunday, and did not realize it, I misspoke. Can I see the hands of anybody that you have ever misspoken? Uh, I said that like God, who is omnipresent, the devil is omnipresent. The devil is not omnipresent. He is singular, and he has powers and authorities, and, and, and they are at work all over the world. Sometimes he can seem like he is, but he is not. So let's all say it. The devil is not omnipresent. As a matter of fact, the devil is under our feet. So if you want to stomp on the devil a little bit, you can just do it right now. He is under our feet. Now, in the book of Romans, we're going to talk about this this is an old Greek saying, and I love it. If it were not for hope, my heart would break. If it were not for hope, my heart would break. I don't know how old it is, but it's an old Greek saying that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And it's really so true. So let's all say it. If it were not for hope, my heart would break. But we always have hope. In every situation. And in Romans chapter, this will be the scripture for today. In Romans chapter 5, by the way, let's welcome Chris Campbell and her children with us. Aaron got a special look on his face today. He's been up here for a while without him, but give him a hand again. They're wonderful to have him with us. You all will be moving up here in May or June? May or June. Look forward to it. Got a daughter going to Purdue University. How about Purdue, by the way? Glory God, won a big game yesterday. Verse 1, therefore, how many, how many, before we read this verse, let me ask you this question. How many of you are like me? There are some things right now that really aren't going the way you had thought they would be going. In other words, if you concentrate on it and focus on it and look at it hard enough, it's a disappointment to you. Can I see your hands? Now, we all face things like that. And what we've got to do is get to the point when we realize how to handle disappointment. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Now, hope does not disappoint 
because the love of God has been poured out in the hearts, in our hearts, by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So let's all say it. I always have hope. How many of you have ever heard people, it's an old worldly saying, don't get your hopes up. How many of you ever heard that? It's an older saying, so it would be older people. Don't get your hopes up. When we first came to Lafayette, Pam's dad, he's a wonderful, wonderful man. He's alive and well in heaven right now. But Pam's dad just had a saying sometimes. He would say, oh, now don't get your hopes up. What he meant by that was, I don't want you to get hurt. He always wanted you to prosper. He always wanted you to be successful. But sometimes he would say, now don't get your hopes up. And one day I was preaching on hope, and he said, you know, I've been saying that all wrong, haven't I? And I said, well, I know you had the right meaning behind what you said. But yeah, we should always get our hopes up. So let's all say, I should always... Get my hopes up. Because if you don't get your hopes up, then you're going to be a sitting deck to be disappointed by the things that the devil is going to try to bring your way. So what we've got to do is always keep our hopes up and always realize that that is going to make, you, make the difference. Now, the word hope means an expectation and a trust and a confidence. We are expecting God to intervene. We are, we are trusting God. We have confidence that even though we don't know what to do about this situation, God is going to take care of it. So tell your neighbor, God's going to take care of everything. We have to stand by faith. We have to release our faith. But we have to have our hope because if we let go of our hope, then we're going to be focusing on something that has disappointed us. Your hopes must be up, and your hope must always be higher than your disappointment. Does that make sense? In other words, my disappointment is there, and it's real. But my hope is trumping my disappointment. How many of you, some denominations say you should never play cards, so I don't know, that denomination I'd be a sinner, because we do play (laughs) euchre. How many of you know how to play euchre? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Seems to be a Midwest Hoosier type game. If you're playing euchre, you have a a suit that is the suit for that particular hand. And let's say it's hearts. Well, if it's hearts, and those of you that play know what I'm talking about, the the jack of hearts is the right bower. It's the most powerful uh, card on that hand, the, the right bower. We have the most powerful card there is, and that is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and that is where our hope is. And that no matter what else is played on that hand, you are not going to be disappointed because you've got the most powerful card that's going to take that hand if you lay it down. That's what we have in hope. We will have disappointment come our way, but we can trumpet. Let's just say, I can trumpet. I can trumpet with the word of God. I can trumpet with my faith. I can trumpet. And sometimes we get in, in so much of an of a overwhelming disappointment that comes somewhat out of left field. And you say, wow, I don't know what to do about that, but I know who does. I know my Father in heaven does. I trump that disappointment. I refuse to look at that disappointment because disappointment will drag you down. It is a slippery slope. Proverbs thirteen twelve says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. There are a lot of people that have sick hearts because they've lost hope. I remember when Danny went through what he went through. 
He's still going through it, but he already has the victory. He's doing some things that he needs to do, and he knows that, and some of it is taking a toll on his body. But the good news is, everybody say good news, he never lost his hope. He had his hope, even when some people said there's nothing more we can do, and he had a doctor who really believed in Danny and believed in Danny's faith, and now his body is totally free from cancer. Can we say amen and give the Lord a hand for that? We need to pray for uh, Carl uh, Pennington. Carl has some decisions to make. He is fighting the faith with the same doctor now, uh, Danny. He's with Dr. Harp and uh, is fighting a fight of faith. And we need to pray for Carl. We need to pray for Lee Klinger, who is also fighting the fight of faith in the hospital uh, in, uh, with a heart issue. So let's lift them up now. Father, we pray for Lee and we pray for Carl. We pray healing into the body in Jesus' name. Lord, both of them need wisdom. Both of them need to make decisions. And I pray that you're going to be there with them and that you're going to give them the decisions that they need to make and that we declare they're healed by the stripes of Jesus. We declare they're going to live a long and healthy life in Jesus' precious name. And we all said, how many of you need healing in your body today? Can I see your hands? Lift it up there. Those are listed up high. Now, some of you just right around them where you're looking at them. Just reach over and lay your hands on them right there. All the way back there, Glenn, you might need the Richard all the way back there in the back row. Shane, if you can get the Richard over there. Anybody we've missed? Father, we declare healing in the name of Jesus. We bind sickness. We bind disease. And we declare healing into everybody. Everybody here with that hand lifted up, we pray healing into their bodies in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Now, here's what happens if you don't deal with disappointment. I am preaching a firsthand message that I continually live. Uh, there's, a, there's a joke that says, uh, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old joke, but this guy's... Uh, <clears throat> time to get up on Sunday morning and he's about 50 years old and uh, so his mother wakes him up and says uh, he's still living at home with mom says you you need to get up it's time to go to church and he said I don't think I'm going to go today and says you are going to go to church today and uh, he says I don't want to go those people don't like me and I don't even like them and and she says you are going to go and he said give me one good reason said you're the pastor Uh, How many of you realize sometimes if you've been in the ministry 40 years trying to help people, whether it be your family or other people's families and all like that, every once in a while you have some disappointment that comes your way. And you don't have to live with the disappointment. You have to live with the hope that everything is going to be okay. But sometimes things just don't go right and it becomes disappointment. If you don't deal with disappointment, it is just a matter of time until you start to become discouraged. And then once you become discouraged, it's just a matter of time until you can start to become depressed. And then once you start to become depressed, you can start to become distracted from the very thing you should be focusing upon. And that is the Lord and what God has for you. Every single one of us have lived that scenario. Every single one of us know exactly what I'm talking about. You may have never been depressed, thank God for you, but you have had disappointment come your way. And how you deal with the disappointment 
will determine whether or not you're able to go on to fulfill what God has for you to, to accomplish in your life. And, and I had an opportunity, and my wife Pam had an opportunity, to work for a man out there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Billy Joe Doherty, who prematurely, in my opinion, went home to be with the Lord. But praise God, he impacted the entire world with the vision that he had for God. And we watched that man, how I, I watched him go through attacks from people in his church from time to time. I would sit in on meetings with him, and I just never understood how he could just be so loving and so kind and so gentle. Have any of you ever felt like me of just smacking somebody sometime? May I see your hand? It's just, and maybe you haven't, and I thank God for that. But there are times in my life, I think, maybe a little smack across the head would bring them to attention to get this thing that I'm about to tell them. But I never saw that man retaliate like that. And, and I, I remember, and again, you've heard this story, but I remember this story when he came to the realization that one of the biggest disappointments that he had involving the church and the cash flow was because he had missed God. Now, there was nobody else to look at that disappointed. He disappointed himself. How many of you realize one of the biggest disappointments you'll ever overcome is when you are the problem? When you are the problem, you are the person and you are disappointed with yourself. And every moment of every day, or maybe every moment in the morning, when you get ready to look in that mirror, the person that you're really disappointed with is looking back at you. That's one of the hardest things to deal with in life. And I'll never forget hearing him say, I have made a mistake. I have missed it. I've asked God's forgiveness. I've asked the forgiveness. I'm asking the forgiveness now of all of you in this church. We're $3 million in debt. We can't service the debt load. We're going to sell the building, the car dealership, building that was turned into a church, and God is going to send somebody to buy the building, and then we'll move on with God's plan, not knowing exactly what it was and doing some other things that he felt the Lord show him. And supernaturally, as he put his hope in what he knew was going to be a rescue from God, how many of you realize no matter what kind of hole you dig for yourself, no matter what kind of a mistake you make, God is going to rescue you. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, God is going to rescue you. And that is our hope, that God is always going to rescue us. And I watched as he stood and as he stood under tremendous pressure. People in the community said, nobody's going to pay $3 million for that car dealership. Uh, it's not the right time of year to sell it. All sorts of things. He had bought the steel for an air dome and realized that was a mistake. And in one moment's time, as he released his hope in Almighty God and his faith in God, God sent down Sheridan, is that Sheridan, right? God sent down Sheridan Avenue, Sam Walton. Looked at the building, saw the for sale sign with the realtor, said, what is that? Said, that's a church, they're trying to sell it, they're $3 million in debt, give them $3.1 million. And in one moment's time, the church went from $3 million in debt to $100,000 in debt. How many of you would like to go to $100,000 in one moment's time and wipe out all your debt? Glory to God. Now, when you have your hope in Almighty God, then God is going to be there to take care of it for you. 
when you allow a distraction of disappointment to gather, get a hold of you, you'll start to make decisions and you won't be looking to your source. You've all probably over the years heard this story, but it's so, it's so important to me in relation to this marriage, in this message. Years ago when I was in the service, we were uh, doing carrier qualifications. And this one particular night, they always tried to pick a night when there was no visuals, no sun, a moon out, uh, that was uh, stars to, the, to give visibility, but they would have to fly totally by their flight controls, totally by their control panel. And this one pilot was flying, and, uh, and he, he began to get vertigo. He was looking for a landmark. How many of you, sometimes you look around for what, what's my breakthrough going to be? Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? You can look around and get distracted by just looking around for something when you really just need to be looking at God and, and putting your hope in God. You know, uh, thank God for my wife. Thank God for our love for one another. Thank God we encourage one another. But she can't be my source. God has to be my source. Your mate can't be your source. Your children can't be your source. Your relatives, your in-laws, your outlaws, you know, you have one source. Let's all say, I have one source. And they tried to talk this pilot back into his controls because that's the only way you could land in night qualifications when there was no, land, no, no moon out, that you, you had to land by your control panel, and that was part of their qualification. And they couldn't talk him back into the panel. He kept getting vertigo. Well, he, the vertigo came from being anxious. And from being anxious, when anxiety sets in, see, disappointment can feed anxiety. Everybody say that. Disappointment, disappointment can feed anxiety. But if you're not careful, if you're not careful, then all of that will start to build up inside you. And then you're going to be looking for all you're all looking for something instead of just enjoying what you already have been given. And in this panel was everything that he had need of. And he'd been through it over and over again. I knew this pilot. He'd been through it over and over again in, in, in what they call a, 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 a flight pattern on the ground in a simulator. Uh, but he, he had done it, but this was one of his first times to ever do it live. They could never get him into his panel. They could never get him from being distracted, from looking for the, what he was looking for was the horizon, but he couldn't find it. But the horizon was right there on his attitude gauge. I think it's interesting they call the horizon indicator an attitude indicator or an attitude gauge. It's good to gauge people by their attitude. Do you know you can tell your attitude and anybody's attitude when you're around them by looking into their eyes? The eyes are the windows of the soul. You can't disguise an attitude. You can put a little glow on your face there and fake it for a minute. But your eyes will always affect your attitude. In this particular case, I wish I could give you a good ending, but he flew his plane in the ocean and he died. He died because he lost track because of a disappointment and a distraction that came in his life. And he finally just gave up the thing that would save his life and started looking around. Folks, disappointment is dangerous. Tell your neighbor, disappointment is dangerous. And you might say, well, no, wait a minute. Are you telling me that I should never be disappointed? No way. No way. We, we may, you may be disappointed this afternoon over something. Get rid of it quickly. The quicker you get rid of it like a cancer, get rid of that thing. Get rid of it quickly. What gets rid of cancer? Or what gets rid of a disappointment? Hope. 
hope it is. Oh, gosh, I hope it'll be better tomorrow. I, you know, uh, I, I was hoping for uh, more lightning yesterday. Uh, I walked into this one particular place. She said, isn't this weather terrible? I thought, I don't think it's terrible. I'm enjoying it. And the lightning crashing over here and the wind blowing and the leaves looks like a tornado. I am enjoying this day. Isn't it interesting? One person can enjoy it and the next person is like, oh my goodness, I'm going to feel better after it's over. What if it doesn't get over? What if it keeps going on for a while? I, I mean, why not enjoy the life we've been given? Why not have a great time in the storm, in the calm? Jesus took a nap during a storm, so obviously he liked it. Nothing better for me. Pam and I have a beautiful bed that we share. It is wonderful to sleep with my darling wife, but it's not a good room for storms because it looks out over the front of the house, and Pam likes to sleep with the uh, blind closed. I love an open window, especially in a storm. I can do the closed window when there's no storm. But when there's a storm coming, it's like, honey, I'll see you tomorrow. I'm going to the back bedroom because the back bedroom is a great visual for storms. And the trees blowing like that. That's how I would order my night every night. Lord, it's time to go to bed. What time is that storm coming? Come, glory to God. And I sleep good during the storm. Now, we can overcome the storms of life. If we understand, they are going to come. That's not a bad, that's not a bad confession. Let's just say, storms come, storms go. Rain comes, rain goes. How many of you like a big, deep snow? Probably coming. I like a big, I got a snowblower. I love a deep, big snow. Glory to God. And I love the first, I especially love the first one and the last one. <laughs> the ones in between get dirty. I don't know about those, but... But now this is what this is what we've got to do. We've got to understand that disappointment comes, disappointment goes, no big deal. I'm focused upon Hebrews chapter 12. And in Hebrews chapter 12, it shows us what to do in regard to living life. Sometimes we some people get upset so easy, and, and it's because they get disappointed. Like how many of you are going to a restaurant and, and the food didn't come as fast as it should? And, and so you can be disappointed by that, or you can have hope that when it gets here, it's going to be great. Or the service wasn't really good. You can be disappointed by it, or you can say, this servant, this person is having a bad day today. So I'm here to make them feel better about themselves. Some of you were here Wednesday night, but we had a, uh, 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 we went to Cracker Barrel. When did we go to Cracker Barrel? It doesn't really matter. We went to Cracker Barrel before the Wednesday service, whenever that was. And uh, so we're sitting there. And, and everywhere that we go like that, we like to bless whoever's taking care of us. We feel like they're, we're there almost on a mission to encourage them and, exert the, and exhort them wherever they are. And so we're in this Cracker Barrel, and it's a brand new servant. Forget his name right now, but it's, a, it's a, almost a biblical type name, like Jerichiah or something. Not Jeremiah, but Jerichiah or something. Anyway. He's a nice young kid, but we can tell he's brand new. And so I'm, I'm there thinking about something else, but I keep being drawn back to him. But I'm thinking about something that is a disappointment. How many of you know you can think about disappointments? They'll pop into your mind, and you're not even consciously thinking about it. It's just popped into your mind. And I'm thinking about something else, and this kid's there. And I keep thinking about him. Finally, we draw it into conversation, and he's working, trying to take care of his son, He's from Chicago, but his uh, wife or, or girlfriend, I'm not sure which, did he say, not that it matters, but, but anyway, he's trying to take care of his son and all. And so instantly, as he's talking to him, uh, uh, this is what I hear, uh, give him that $50 bill. 
I had a $50 and a $20 bill in my pocket. I give them the $50 bill. And uh, I don't hardly ever carry a $50 bill, but I had one. And, and the Lord knew that too. And uh, so anyway, we struck up this conversation. And this disappointment this is trying to get into my mind. But this kid is kind of drawing me because I know the Holy Spirit wants me to engage him. So we tar- start talking to him. We have a really great time. Him gets time to leave. And, and, uh, and I hear again, give him that $50 bill. Now, you would think I'd be smarter than I am. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he is smarter than he looks. <laughs> so I pull out this 50 and this 20. It's not a 20 anymore, but a 50 and this another 50. Uh, and a, a 20, and a, I take the 20. And I think, I'm going to give him the 20. I like carrying the 50 and not breaking it. How many of you realize once you break a 50, it's gone? Uh, and uh, what I really had was, was a $50 seed, or what I'm trying to substitute is the $20 seat. And uh, so I take this $20 bill, and, and, and this is exactly what I heard. I said, give him the 50. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> I got the 50. Out. And we handed him the $50 bill. Folks, it, was worth the, it would have been worth $100 to see the look on this kid's face as we left. It's kind of like, who was that masked man? You know, in other words, we, we, we blessed this kid. We told him who we were. We told him where our church was. We told him that God had the answer, and we told him, come and see us. He said, I work on Sundays, but I'm coming to your church. Folks, when you're not dealing with your disappointment and you're focused upon the things of God, it's a rewarding thing. You can focus on disappointment, but you know what it does to you? It disappoints you. But when your hope is in the Lord, God's going to take care of all those things that disappoint me. I'm going to be okay. Here is the key. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily tries to ensnare us and run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who... For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the seat of God. Now look at verse number three. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your mind. This is exactly where a distraction will take you, but the key to it is to focus upon what God has given you. Psalms 39.7, my hope is in the Lord. Psalms 71.5, you, Lord, are my hope. Hebrews 6.19, hope is the anchor for our soul. Let's all say it, hope is my anchor. Now, the Word of God says, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And that when we're focused upon what builds our hope, then the foundation for our faith is settled. And that's Hebrews chapter 11, that it says, hope is this, uh, that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So let's all say it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So hope is the foundation 
for our faith. And once we focus on disappointment, we have overlooked the most important trump that we have for disappointment, and that is we plant that seed, which is our hope. Give you a couple of stories here. Years ago, when we were in Tulsa, some of you have heard this story, but we bought a station wagon, biggest piece of junk I've ever owned in my life. A diesel station wagon, good Christian friend sold that to me. Said, Bill, you're going to love it. And I went into the doctor not too long ago. The doctor had a big, long name. Uh, uh, I forget that name right now, but the other doctor is Dr. Savannah. And Dr. Sarah Vannon, and uh, this other doctor's had, his name was so long they called him Dr. Bo or something like that. He's, he's that 15 letters in his name. And, uh, but anyway, somebody says he's a Christian. I said, I don't, and I've dealt with Christians before. <laughs> I bought my, my diesel station wagon from a Christian. And uh, I said, is he a Christian? I said, I don't care whether he's a Christian or a monk or whatever he is, as long as he's a good cardiologist. <laughs> I want somebody who knows what they're doing. And uh, it, anyway, so we got this, we got this station wagon, and, and it just finally blows up to pieces and go through two transformations, and it, it is truly was the biggest piece of junk I've ever bought in my life. And we had a chance to sell it, and it was during a time of just a lot of disappointments in our life, and I felt like we had to plant it as seed. Pam was in agreement, so we planted the car as seed into a mechanic who felt like he could... Uh, completely remove that transmission and possibly even, he was thinking about removing the, uh, the motor, putting a do, uh, gas motor in it, and, pr- and I think he did. I don't really know for sure. But we planted a seed. Everybody say seed. Hope is like seed. If you plant hope, you're going to be inundated with hope. If you plant a distraction, you're going to uh, be distracted, no question about that, and you're eventually going to be discouraged, you're going to be depressed, you're going to be distracted by things that God wants you to be attracted to. And so, but, but we planted that, and I believe it was really the beginning of a breakthrough, because one day, walking out of the Maybe Center, we have great hope that God's going to take care of everything, but really, we never had much money at all, did we? It was, it was, it was, there, was there was never, never a lot of money, but I saw a lot of blessings. I would rather have a lot of supernatural blessings than a lot of money any day. I would rather see it coming from God than knowing that it was just something that my hand produced. Does that make sense? In other words, the supernatural flowing in your life. And walk out of the Maybe Center. And this guy's sitting there, and he's sitting there in his car, and he said, but I remember when the guy bought the car. I told Pam, if I was going to buy a car, I would buy a car exactly like that car. It was just so beautiful, beautiful, brand-new Chevy Caprice. It was a year or, two, year or two later on the story I'm telling you right now, but it was just gorgeous. And I walked out there, and he, he was sitting in his car, and he said, Bill, uh, my wife and I have been praying, and we feel like we're supposed to give you this car, you and Pam, this car. The glory to God. I mean, all of a sudden, in one moment's time, everybody say one moment. No matter what is trying to distract you that has disappointed you, in one moment's time, it can all be gone. There were a lot of things knocking on my door to disappoint me, a lot of things knocking on my mind. I know what it's like not to focus upon the things of God and to be discouraged in your soul, in your mind. Can I see the hands of all the people? You know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm focusing upon the wrong thing, so therefore I am discouraging myself because of this thing that isn't going right. All disappointment is based on something isn't going the way you thought it would. I have learned to live my life that way, that there may be things not going the way I think they should, but it's not going to affect me. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, you should live the same way. It's not going to affect me. I can't take care of this person over here who used to love me and now doesn't love me. I, they're missing a good thing, glory to God. But I'm not, going to be, I'm not going to let this take me down the path that they're going. I'm not going down that path with them. I had my nephew one time not too long ago tell me out in Colorado. He said, Bill, sometimes they get upset with you and sometimes they yell at you and sometimes I say things about you. But I want you to know I appreciate your honesty with me. You know what? I would rather be around somebody that's going to tell me what I need to hear and somebody that's going to help enable me to be like I am. And if I go through life without any friends, I know this. I got the best friend. Now, I got a friend and my wife. Glory to God. <clears throat> got a lot of enemies, too. But that's okay. I, I know who loves me. My wife loves me. But you know what? Even if she would become upset with me, I know who my source is. My source is Almighty God, and so is yours. And there is a lot of enablement going on in this world today. I don't want anybody to be upset with me, so I'm not going to tell them what they need to hear. I'm just going to placate them so they'll like me. Folks, that will never help people be what God has called them to be. We're going to have to be to the point where we're going to have our hope in Almighty God, and he's going to take care of us. Can you say amen to that? But when that man gave me that car, it so blessed me because I realized that God knew more about this than I did. And God wants to bless all of us. Now, disappointment is always, always lurking right at our doorstep. And what we have to do is learn that I'm not, I'm not going to let disappointment get a part of my life. I'm disappointed about what happened. I'm sure Morgan is disappointed when she got the news about that young man that died tragically. One moment here, one moment there. Sure, you're disappointed. Now, let hope take over. Okay, what are we going to do? What do we do for the family? What do we do for the children? How do we try to help out whatever we can? Because he's okay. He's alive and well. And that's where we live in this life, so that we can be used by Almighty God. Because if you're, bit, if you're living in a world of disappointment, God is not able to use you to be all that God wants you to be. We're living and getting ready, we'll close with this, to go in to the time of year next to Easter that should be the most exciting, wonderful time of year for everybody on the face of the earth. The birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But it has been said that this is one of the most sad, stressful times of the year for human beings because some of them from memories past, family situations that don't go well. See, it's because we've lost our focus. Our focus is not upon the event. Our focus is upon people and things that aren't going right. Well, I have a family that's splintered. There's disappointment with the family. There's disappointment with the finances. There's disappointment with Aunt Susie. There's disappointment that I got to go to this house again and be with people that don't even like me. And all of these things, and we miss the very important aspect of where our focus should be. Our focus should be upon the birth of Jesus. And so therefore, I want to pray for all of you that this Christmas season is not going to be about gifts and buying and all of these things and how can I get enough gifts and how can I get enough money and all of this. It's also a season when they say that people go into debt and spend the rest of the year and the next year trying to get out of debt. That what, what a horrible thing to do. Let's stand to our feet. I'm, I'm believing 
that this will be a great season for us. Will there be distractions? You know, some things can be very serious distractions, and, and some things can just be a simple distraction. How many of you have ever been driving down the road and somebody cuts you off, uh, and all of a sudden, you, you just one moment you're happy, and the next moment, it's, well, they just cut me off. Well, don't focus on that. Uh, you know, some per- purpose, you know, person honks at you. At the cor- Didn't you say somebody honked at you the other day because you didn't go through a light fast yeah. enough or something like that? Yeah, just go through those red lights. Glory to God, don't stop. Them. You know, this. Every time I go through a red light, Andy Gehave is around. Glory to God. I went through one this morning, Andy. I was looking. I, I, it, was, it was down there in Greenbush, and it wasn't turning fast enough, and I went through. They don't, don't drive like I do, by the way. But. How many of you realize you are subject to being distracted by disappointments. Can I see your hands? And what we've got to do is realize that is a tool from the enemy. Let's just say disappointments will come and go, but I don't have to meditate them. Our focus upon the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our focus is upon our hope. And when my hope is high, I'm going to be high. When my hope is there, my faith is going to be strong. I'm going to have the fruit of the Spirit operating in my life, and it's going to be flowing. It's the same for me.